0: Hello, Stephen.
1: Hello, Erica. Where are we? In the village. For episode eight, Dance of the Dead of the 1967 to 68 television show, The Prisoner, celebrating its 50th anniversary, uh, hence this podcast. I just, th- I thought it was important to sort of reset the, um, you know, the, the, the backstory of this podcast because it seems that this episode of The Prisoner resets the backstory of The Prisoner in a way.
0: Either that or it just belongs friggin' earlier in the run because he keeps saying he's new. Therefore, I take issue with you saying episode eight.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people place this super early. Possibly even episode two or three, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, After watching Many Happy Returns last week... I can't remember... See, this is where our lives in a podcast and our lives outside of a podcast intersect and I can't remember if I said my theory at the end of the last podcast or after the podcast and then to remind myself to say it on this podcast it's all a blur to me
0: um I think if I remember correctly you said something you you teased and you said that you would tell us your theory in this episode because you didn't even say it after we stopped recording because I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I remember saying hashtag teaser. So please fill us in.
1: Well, uh, uh, it's beneficial that my theory was actually hammered home a little bit more with this episode, because as we know, in many a happy returns, episode seven of the original broadcast Stop order seeing numbers. of the original, I said that okay. of the original broadcast order, okay, okay. Um, has the prisoner escape and come back. And so, basically, he's returning to the village again, Mm -hmm. almost as if he's brand new. And who is there at the end, like, just as he's leaving? And then, of course, just as as he comes back, who does he see there? The black cat. Mm -hmm. And look who we see prancing around this episode, but the black cat again. Mm -hmm. So, the cat has never been in the show before until last episode and now and now the cat's in this episode as well so i think there's a tie in there i understand also that that number six was gone from the village for probably a month if not longer because he's at sea for 24 days Mm -hmm. and then he was probably in england again for a few more days while they were sort of getting everything together um so the fact that he's back in the village especially since roland walter dutton you know, how long have you been here? I don't know who can tell. A couple months, maybe. Like, probably not much more than number six himself. So, I think we're looking at basically a second tenure for the prisoner in the village.
0: That's possible. Actually, one thing that I did notice is that, uh, in it, at least with many happy returns, I agree that it actually makes sense to have many happy returns earlier than this episode because... Um, she tells him that they're going to use that other guy's body and alter it and basically make it so that the rest of the world thinks that number six is dead and that obviously didn't happen before he returned in many happy returns because he's talking to his cronies Ah. and they don't say anything about we thought you were dead they say you disappeared for x number of months or whatever how did they specify how many months he was missing i want to say it was like six months
1: If they did, I don't remember.
0: Okay. Well, maybe I'm making that up in my head. But anyway, I feel like if there was any kind of internal continuity to this show that that, uh, the MI6 guys or whatever, they would have mentioned the fact that his body had washed up on shore and he Mm -hmm. was known to be dead. Um, Although I, I suppose it's possible that they did send the body out and it just never washed up anywhere some sharks got it or something
1: <laughs> sharks or perhaps <laughs> just floating around in that giant uh sea current in the middle of the atlantic with all the plastic water bottles or something like that
0: well this was pre-plastic water bottle days so
1: there's well it's the, the it's probably there with other stuff other ocean detritus <laughs> you know
0: lots of driftwood yeah
1: much much driftwood um so uh, yes
0: uh, however the cat thing right. I also think you could make an argument that the cat you know is, that this uh, number two brings the cat and when she leaves for whatever reason that the cat just is still sticking around because you know when they get rid of her in whatever manner they do they don't bother to take the cat along so I don't think that the cat itself is necessarily a great argument for for many happy returns being first uh, especially since there's a different number two in many happy returns mm-hmm. and the cat shows up at the beginning of many happy returns and the other the other female actually the other woman who is number 2 is there at the end so
1: perhaps it's a witch's familiar kind of thing
0: <laughs> maybe 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 there is some sort of you know the cat is is only in episodes with a a number 2 that's a woman for some I don't know, it's supposed to be some sort of symbolic reason, which I'm not even going to try to dig into.
1: No, I I think it's a coincidence that it's with um, two women number twos. But I think there's an intentional connection there. Otherwise, the cat doesn't really serve a purpose Mm -hmm. otherwise, other than just to sort of be around. Although during the trial, I thought for a second that number two would actually call the cat to the stand. And maybe the cat could, uh, as a character witness... (laughs) Um,
0: the more I think about it, the more I actually I, I like the idea of many happy returns coming right after Dance of the Dead, because
1: right after it, so it mm-hmm. okay
0: immediately after because like I said, it doesn't make sense for them to have you know let the body go uh, and and his buddies back in London to not mention it, but if they. If they did it, like, you know, if as, as soon as this episode ends, number six goes back to his little apartment, number two, you know, has her, her lackeys launch the body into the ocean, if the very next day is when, you know, they try to to do the, you know, what happens in many happy returns, even 24 days at sea, he could get to London before the body would have washed up anywhere and been found. So mm. I think as, as long as... Many Happy Returns happens right after Dance of the Dead. That still has some internal consistency and some some logic. And I still like the idea of Dance of the Dead being earlier because they just keep saying, I'm new. But, you know, I, I guess your argument sort of makes sense that he's, you know, he's back so he's new again. But if he'd been there for you know, a, a number of months to start with, mm-hmm. I don't know. It seemed like he was starting to settle in a little bit more in some of the episodes we saw earlier. So, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's just back again and he's extra cranky about it because he's, because he's, stuck. would
1: you? Yeah.
0: yeah. I suppose so. You, you, you crawl your way and you feel like you're, you're finally out and then, and then you're back. Sure.
1: Yeah. Cause there, there is a certain, there's more of a, almost animosity he has, I think, to the whole system and the way of things. It almost, you know pertaining to someone who's just been sent to his room uh, for the first time, and now is slinking back down to the living room and being very upset and irate at the his parents.
0: Yeah, there's a, one of the lines he says early on is talking about like night, and how he says he never sees night because he just sleeps, uh-huh. which you know indicates that he he you know has he he starts out being drugged at the beginning because they drugged his tea, which this is another reason that made me think it belongs pretty early because he's still so raw about being there in the first place and it sounds like he's never even had an entire night where he was, wasn't was just drugged to to the gills but who knows.
1: Well certainly recently mm-hmm. because he's doing that, that weird um, brain mm-hmm. thing on his head and they try to get to talk to Ro- Ro- Roland Walter Dutton on the phone mm-hmm. uh, to try to reveal some secrets.
0: Yeah that doctor is so eager. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> it's darkly humorous that he just constantly wants to be poking and prodding at number six. Yeah. And uh, uh, Walter Roland? Roland?
1: Roland Walter Dutton, number 42.
0: Okay, number 42 is uh, like, she's like tossing at number 42 at the doctor, like, here, you can play with this. Mm-hmm. You know, please don't play with mama's china. You can have these, you know, plastic dishes. <laughs>
1: The fisher price dishes essentially <laughs> exactly
0: um, actually that's that's kind of how it was we had a fisher price um record player oh. and we weren't allowed to play with mom and dad's record player so <laughs> we could play with the little kids one instead
1: i'd prefer the little kids one to be <laughs> honest those are cool like with a colorful little disc and stuff I'm like mm. yeah those, those are fun
0: and it had like a little case that it would you know you could buckle <gasps> it closed oh yeah that's right i
1: never had one so i had to look on with envy uh at my friends and cousins possibly
0: Yep, it was fun. However, my mom mm. had a bunch of um, uh, 78s, like records, like the little tiny ones. My mom too, yep. Different colors. But the Fisher-Price record player did not play at 78 speed. It did 33 or 45. So when we would play the, the play them at like even at 45 speed, it would be like Pop Goes the Weasel only way too slow, super creepy, all around the town square like it was creepy
1: so like that jolene version of jolene that that person put out which just slowed down Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yep exactly Mm -hmm. well that was a weird tangent but i feel like the weirdness of that tangent is perfectly in keeping with this show
1: yeah this is an episode that i can't say i've always understood Mm -hmm. um i'm not sure this viewing uh helped that any I,
0: I, I kind of don't mind most of it. Mm-hmm. You know, he has, um, <clears throat> he has this this observer, and he's running around trying to do stuff, right. and he finds a radio, and like all of that sort of just seems of a piece with the other things that we've seen. It's just at the end that they have this farcical trial, and then everybody tries to kill him,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and but he gets away, and then. The the actual resolution, which isn't a resolution, with number two, just, it doesn't go anywhere. And that's, not every other episode has really ended with any, (laughs) any, like, great finality. But this seems even less useful than anything else. I do kind of appreciate that this number two is... Like she always seems like she's she's got her crap together, um, and is not overly bothered by anything. You know, we've had other number twos who are very nervous and drinking milk to calm their acid mm-hmm. tummy and and that sort of thing. <laughs> but she's <laughs> she's she's really together.
1: I love her. Uh, Mary Morris is her name. I love her her look, which is you know when she's on the phone, sort of saying yes, I look forward to seeing you uh, at the ball as well. And she puts on the phone just this big giant eye roll <laughs> as she turns back towards the screen again.
0: You know. Oh, and one other reason that sorry, I just, just thought of this oh, yeah. to uh, to maybe place this earlier is the fact that they refer to him as the prisoner like three times during the pro- the trial, which is very much the kind of thing that you do early on in a show to give the give it title significance in a somewhat cheesy, off the mark sort of way. Well,
1: uh, he shut up phone. He is um, on trial, so perhaps the number designation is taken away since he isn't wearing a number for instance Mm. in fact no one is actually wearing a number because they're all in costume so perhaps they just say prisoner because he's on trial
0: i know but i'm just saying like metatextually you know actually using the name of the show in the show is a kind of cheesy look what we did here sort of a thing that you would tend to get early on Mm -hmm. in a show i i think Um, And then, you know, move away from that as you establish the characters and the layout of the show. But anyway, back to the the weird trial itself. It just, I don't know, it didn't seem to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. It was just for, it seemed like it was just to, to make him angry and just to get under number six's skin. Which maybe that's reason enough to do anything here in the village. But it doesn't, it doesn't actually come to anything.
1: The the point of this one, I think, is them trying to convince Number Six that he has nowhere to go. They Even say that, mm-hmm. but you know, the only he'll go home, and they leave him on the beach after his uh, half-hearted escape attempt. As Rover goes off, he knows that he can never go home, so he'll just go back to his room, the only place he'll ever mm-hmm. he'll ever know. Um, and there, um, the trial apparently, like he doesn't have think he doesn't exist that's what they're trying to hammer home that you do not exist essentially um you can't escape if you never were here in the first place or something like you know sort of like breaking down his will from the inside as opposed to getting him to admit why he resigned
0: I suppose, and I mean, she really does seem to be all about slowly breaking him down and, you know, keeps reiterating to the overeager doctor that that's not the way we're going to do it. We're not going to use brute force. This guy can be useful to us. We just need to take the slow path and, and break him. You know, actually, we don't want him broken. We want him to change his mind and choose us. And I guess this is one way that they're working on making that happen.
1: Possibly. Um so what what else would you like to talk about this episode before we get to our usual tropes
0: um well, you did mention at the very end when he uh finally breaks into that last room that he's in with a gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous set design mm-hmm. um that you didn't really understand what the machine with the printout was
1: i don't understand what the machine with the printout was
0: yeah I, and i I'm not sure that I do either, but it's it's interesting that it's this incongruous piece of machinery that's clicking and whirring along in this room that's just this opulent, you know, velvet-covered room that's you know old-fashioned and beautiful. And then we have this one out-of-place thing sticking mm-hmm. out like a sore thumb. I mean, my first thought was maybe this is one of the conduits to contact or be contacted by. I guess number one, right. maybe it's sending instructions or something um, because he uh he immediately goes to it and opens it up and just starts pulling its insides out as if he's really upset with it or angry with it um yeah now that's that's not the room that that woman comes out with the uh the termination order is it
1: no because I think you could see behind her and that's yeah. sort of it looks very um it's almost like she walks out of a closet. It's just. and Plus, it's right in that hallway, and clearly, number six runs around and jumps mm-hmm. underneath and underground and all over the place before he arrives at that room at the end.
0: Right. Well, he does climb back up, but. Uh, right. um, but yeah, okay. So I don't know if he. I thought, could be wrong. But, but maybe, I mean, maybe he thought yeah. that that was a, a machine that was bringing in orders to the village from elsewhere, and this is his way of just. You know, in some small fashion, reaching out and screwing up their organization and their operation. Um, obviously, obviously, if it's if it's a room that's a completely different style and it's got a machine in it that's doing something, uh, screwing with their machinery is going to going to I mean who knows maybe that was just orders for you know potatoes and ice cream and milk and all of the things that he wants to know how get how they get to the village I don't know
1: there it is it's just an Amazon order essentially is what that thing is it's just a constant Amazon delivery order
0: mhm yep and he's just he's really annoyed and he wants to break down the 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 cycle of the deliveries because you know how annoying it is when amazon does not get your order on time
1: i know so this is a war of attrition essentially if i stop the influx of potatoes and ice cream to this village they will be hopeless within three months and they'll have to let me go (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yep that's what it was he has like their plan doesn't make any sense his plan's genius (laughs) yeah Mm
1: -hmm. so so we still don't. I will have to. Re- I have to read a plot synopsis or something to see if mm-hmm. the synopsis says anything about that t- typing machine
0: yeah. thing. <laughs> plot synopsis. We, I hope plots in quotes.
1: Maybe it's maybe it's punching up the plot, and number six is trying to rip the thing out to stop it from happening. The funny thing is, I could be wrong about this. Don't correct me. Um, mm-hmm. But that prop, I thought was the same prop. This is why I think I might be wrong. That the doctor uses in his sort of mind battle with the master in episode five of the mind robber where they're basically (laughs) creating fiction Mm -hmm. and so as the doctor is sort of like thinking of words and they're sort of being typed out on that machine and I want to say it's the same thing and so perhaps sometimes I equate that the events of that story where the doctor is like Summoning fictional characters and basically writing what's happening onto the thing that's typing it out with this episode because the props are very similar. Mm-hmm. So that's down to me more than the actual makers of the television show.
0: <laughs> well, this, this episode, as you pointed out while we were watching it, does share some stock music with Doctor Who.
1: It might share more. Uh, I, I said so there's some stock music that wee, wee. We, that, that when uh, we hear it a couple times the first time we hear it is when uh, number two encounters number six on the beach that is some stock music which will have a no already had appeared in um tomb of the cybermen which went out in september of 1967 we're now into whatever month we're in right now um so that was that's stuck out to me mary morris of course will have been in doctor who in kind in 1982 uh and I think that a lot of the um costumes as worn in the during the carnival uh are stock I reckon a lot of them very culturally insensitive in today's age um, but there was one person uh wearing a sort of a clown costume with buttons up the front with a hat. I think that might be the same costume that Tom Baker wears during episode one of robot in 1974 because they look very alike and there's another person there who's sort of wearing a mandarin costume as i say culturally insensitive Mm -hmm. uh which i think might be taken from michael guff's costume in the celestial toymaker from 1966 because it looked very much like the color photos i've seen from the radio times photo shoot so doctor who's all over this episode (laughs) all over
0: Although this wasn't a BBC show, nope. so it would have just been stock costumes from a rental agency or something, correct?
1: Quite possible. Like, just basic mm-hmm. costumers, yeah, I'm sort of renting the stuff out, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I did think the, uh, that clown costume was familiar, and I didn't know why, now that you say that. That's, if, if it's not the same one, it is definitely similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I just I can't imagine why they would uh, actually make a new costume for Tom Baker, so it probably comes from stock. And such a, mm-hmm. such a costume, like the hat and all. You know, I'm pointing it at the screen because it's on the DVD menu. But um, So these are things I notice when I'm not quite understanding what's going on in the episode. What are the Doctor Who connections, basically?
0: Well, speaking of costumes...
1: This is this is why I bring this up because I watch this and go, Oh my goodness like sometimes you have like one female character in a whole episode or or, or a, a particular curtain that perhaps you would draw inspiration from for cosplaying and then I looked at this and say, Oh my heavens, you have so much to consider here. Mm-hmm. Which pray tell would you cosplay from this episode?
0: Honestly, there were only three contenders, oh. truly. Um, and two of them appeared almost at the very, very, very beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. So the woman who is his maid, basically, who is cleaning his apartment, uh, before she appears in his apartment, you see her and another woman on the back of one of the little little cars oh, being wow. driven um, through the village. Like, basically being driven, like, two his his house where, she, you know, she gets out. And, and so there's two women. So there's her and somebody else. I assume the other woman is going to clean somebody else's apartment because uh, I guess the women do that. Um, and so so you have her who's wearing the, it's a green and gold gown. Mm. And the other woman on the cart is wearing an orange gown.
1: I didn't notice that. I feel bad.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's those two And then the, the third contender uh, Is one of the dresses in the party scene It's like a flapper dress It's kind of like blue and green um, Sort of like peacock feathery Like a short 20s style flapper dress And she's got like a little feather gear on her head right. as well um, So those are the three <sighs> It's really tough to choose oh. Were you going to say something there? Well I was
1: going to say a special mention For the very first outfit we see number two in sort of coming in with a little scarf and the mm. pants and then the orange top, but the hat, the mm. 1960s hat, which seems to be a requirement for all women in the village <laughs> to wear at some point.
0: Yeah, because she's got that hat and then also the uh, his the observer, number whatever she is, I forget now. Uh, but she also has a similar hat that's uh-huh. like a lighter white color. I do appreciate those hats, but they they didn't have uh, the rest of the out, their cute outfit to make it work well enough. No, number twos was okay, but I think... I think if I had seen more of that orange gown, that might be it. But because you only get a little glimpse of it, and I don't actually know what it looks like head to toe, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the green and gold. Um, just I quite like green. And while I was not particularly fond of that character, uh, the dress was very nice.
1: There was um, someone in the background during the dance scene as the camera sort of circling around with number six and uh, and. The woman I can't remember her number um there was someone in this sort of like cute little purple pirate costume which I think was kind of cool um so I'll vote for that for you (laughs) okay since I don't want to be Napoleon I don't want to be a clown I don't want to be Caesar I don't want to be wearing any cultural uh -hmm. costumes at all like the native headdress that somebody was also wearing in there so if I was to play this game Mm -hmm. um yeah, I don't know who I would wear. So,
0: why not the tux? That's an easy one, isn't well, it? Sometimes you go for the easy one if that's if that's the best. Or or you could go with his bathrobe at the beginning, which is very nice.
1: I could go as This is the great thing about the tux is that you could go as number six in this episode and conversely you could say I'm also cosplaying as like David Tennant in Voyage of the Damned or something like that as well you could really get away or James Bond yeah, yeah. Gonna, you know that guy
0: I was gonna say yep
1: also did Roland, the guy who played Roland Walter Dutton kind of look like a slightly older Daniel Craig to me did you see that resemblance at all no
0: now that you mention it, I think I can see what you're talking about, but it certainly, I mean, I never have Daniel Craig on the brain, so that's not a thing that would have jumped out at me.
1: I would like to point, I, now and this is my headcanon speaking, see oh, no. I can do this too, is that perhaps Roland Walter Dutton is actually older Daniel Craig, which is older 007, which means actually 007 winds up in the village.
0: And 007 is a small fish and doesn't know very much information to give them and is way less important than number six.
1: He's washed up at this point. He does two more <laughs> films than he should, kind of like Roger Moore does. And then he just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, well, he's just ineffectual. Let's just, we'll just put him with the pastor. He knows nothing anymore.
0: Bold. Bold. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Is that it for Checkmate?
0: Uh, for Dance of the Dead, for check-
1: check- Dance of the Dead,
0: <laughs> Checkmate is next. Checkmate,
1: because the DVD menu has moved on; and it's highlighted the next episode of the in the original episode order run, which is as you say, Checkmate, mm-hmm. which aired ninth in the order on the UK broadcast order. Of course, you can you can watch the listen to this podcast probably <laughs> if it wasn't for me referencing previous episodes quite easily. Mm-hmm. But Checkmate is the one that we'll be watching and talking about next week.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: So until then... Be seeing you. Be seeing you.